This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. On this episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm joined by Estelle Kieber, who is one of the co-founders of MIBA, Mums in Business Association, which has had meteoric rise of success within the last two years, which we'll be talking about a bit on this podcast today. She is the resident Instagram queen for Mums in Business Association. Estelle has now spoken on stages around the world alongside some incredible women, such as Michelle Moan and Karen Brady. And as you're going to hear today, Estelle has grown the MIBA Instagram account to an astonishing number. Today is a joint podcast hosted between Entrepreneurs Get Visible and the MIBA podcast. Hope you enjoy. So hello, everybody. We have Estelle here. So she's coming from the MIBA podcast. And obviously, I'm Anna Parker-Naples from Entrepreneurs Get Visible. And we are doing this joint interview today, all about Instagram and visibility, our two top passions. So um, Estelle is amazing in that she is one of the co-founders of the incredible MIBA, who's just had this meteoric rise in the last couple of years. And and actually has then kind of become the Instagram queen. (laughs) So Estelle, tell us a little bit about this journey that you've had over the last couple of years. Wow. So if we go right back to before we even started Mums in Business Association, I was a single mum to my two boys and I had recently set up my own business as a wedding photographer because I just really needed something that fit around me being a newly single mum to my kids and them going to school. But I really quickly realized that there was like a real lack of support for people that were in business, that were women that were trying to juggle everything. There were places you could go to learn stuff about business or, you know, like community mum groups, but nothing that merged the two. And my sister, Leona, Mibba's co-founder, was in exactly the same situation. She was in network marketing, felt very excluded at home. So we started the Facebook group, Mums in Business Association, in June 2017. We started it as an online place where women could come to support each other. And since then, like you say, it's just had an absolute meteoric explosion. And we now have a social media following of over 180,000 people. We've got child-friendly networking events in over around 210 locations around the world. We are literally just about to launch another one of our books. So I think we've had 13 best-selling books now and helped, I think, 102 women become best-selling authors. So it's been pretty crazy to think like three years ago, I, I was using social media, the same as most people, just to sort of scroll through and keep in touch with friends. And we've just really used it to be able to connect women all over the world. And we're growing on a daily basis. So it's... it's There's just so much that's incredible about your journey with MIBA Mums in Business Association. And I wonder what that means for you on a personal basis, that fact that you are now, both of you, you are now the faces of this incredible business worldwide. What does that mean in terms of your own visibility? I think it's a little bit of a weird one for me because... I don't really tend to be the face of MIBA, so I'm around, but you tend to see Leona in the Facebook group. So I'm very much like behind the scenes. 
And I find it really weird. I know like for business, I've got to be out there. And especially now, like you say, I'm classed as the Instagram queen. It's all about putting myself out there. I want to help empower and educate as many people as possible. So it's really quite weird because I'm quite introverted. So like networking events and stuff like that for me are like quite a daunting thing. I suffer with anxiety, my heart races, I can't breathe. But I know that these are certain things that I need to do to move forward. And I'm really grateful of every single opportunity that um, creating Mibar has given us and not just on a personal level for the sort of things that it's allowing me to do, but the fact that we've got such an incredible team, we now enable other women to be able to, you know, live a flexible life and be more financially free as well, which is all I ever wanted as a single mum. So I think it's kind of a knock-on effect. Like I have to take things that I don't like so much and weigh that up with the sort of things that that come out from doing them. Yeah. Mm. And so now you're getting a lot of speaking engagements by the look of it. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. A couple of years ago, I attended the photo show in Birmingham at the NEC, which is the biggest photography show in the UK. And I'd attended as an attendee many times because I was a wedding photographer. And so I'd sat in the audience, like taking inspiration from these amazing speakers. And then last year, I actually got asked to speak on the social stage, which absolutely blew my mind. It was one of the first very big social media events that I'd attended and spoken at. So to think back, that was the first one and how I feel now. I've spoken all over the world. Most recently, Fraser Brooks's Success Summit with Leona, we spoke to over 1,500 people. So I just absolutely feel that I'm in my element now. I get to mix sharing my story, which is super inspirational. I didn't realize how many people my story would touch. And And you've had some massive press around that as well, haven't you? Yes. I think, like you say, the Mibber is just an incredible platform. I don't feel that I am anybody special or that I've gone through anything that a lot of other people haven't gone through. I just feel now that we've been able to use the platform to talk about it, which to me is huge. If we can use our influence to make people have conversations, to make people be more aware of the sort of things, and especially because we're quite, you know, we're quite open with what we talk about. It's like kind of no bars hold, you know, like what it's like inside the community, like no topic is off limits. So especially when it comes to things like mental health and domestic abuse and all those sort of things that have got quite a stigma attached to them. The fact that I can now share my story and use the MIBA platform to speak about these sort of things, as well as Instagram is like a dream job. I wake up every day and I'm just kind of, I feel so blessed that I get to do so many things I love. See, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? I talk about that quite a lot. If you niche, if people know you for one thing, so for you, it's potentially two, mums in business, but also you as the Instagram expert. When you get on those stages, when you get those opportunities for webinars or uh, to be in the press, actually, there are so many other elements that you can talk about in your, terms of your own journey. I know that that's something that I talk about a lot. So I might get asked to talk about podcasting, for example, but actually that opens up conversations for imposter syndrome and mental health and well-being and depression and all of that mindset stuff that really shapes you. But you've got to be kind of known for one thing first. So talk a little bit through about how you're using Instagram then for yourself in order to build Mibub. Was that the start of it? Is that how it all came together? It was totally the the opposite way around. So I'd been using Instagram as a wedding photographer and had no idea how it worked. I just loved that it was so visual. It was a really easy place for me to be able to share my pictures like an online portfolio. 
So that was where my love for Instagram started, like way before Mibar, but I just didn't use it for what it was meant for at the time. Or maybe I did. Maybe that was, this is where we're getting things confused now because people don't tend to use it for personal anymore. It's very much business. And as I like kind of explain where I'm going with this, you will see like I've only just started my own personal Instagram account. So when we started the Facebook group, we wanted to concentrate on building the Facebook community first. And Mm. that is why our Facebook community is now, I think our main Facebook page is around about 50,000 people now. So we concentrated on one platform to start with. And then I started to focus my attention on the Mums in Business Association page and growing that. And over the last two years, I think we're at around about 15,000 now. And the issue with that was that I felt that I couldn't put my personal side across in the MIBA page. It was very much about the community and what we could give value-wise. So we wanted to continually be giving. And I felt that my message was getting lost. And not only that, but we have like an absolutely banging aesthetic. So for anybody that hasn't seen the MIBA Instagram feed, you will see it's like in the most gorgeous pattern. And I absolutely love it. But it does restrict to what I can post. So last year, I think, no, it was this year in around about June or July, I set up my own personal Instagram. And this was because we have everything that you need to know about MIBA over on MIBA. Yes, we talk about I talk about myself and we include whatever Leona's going on and, you know, she's traveling at the minute. So we include that in Mibar. But having my own personal means that I can really talk about things that I'm passionate about. And mm. like you say, in the, the speaking events and talking about Instagram to different businesses in different places, you can get much more of a feel about what I'm about personally now, as well as Mibar on my personal Instagram account. But it's literally, I was so busy with building the MIPA Instagram account that literally it only started in I think June or July this year and we really fast I think we hit a thousand followers within a couple of days and yeah I saw it it was quick it was really impressive it was insane so it's just really nice now that I can really talk about what I'm passionate about without you know people that come to the MIPA Instagram account don't necessarily want to see Instagram tips all the time they want to know what's going on in the community what events we've got going on what's going on in the group so having my own Instagram account has been like huge for my visibility. I've had so many people connect with me because they've found me on Instagram. I think as, as both you and Leona go out and do more and be more and speak more, you don't know where you're going to want to pivot. You've both got different interests. And yes, you'll have MIBA, but you don't know what they're going to be. And future-proofing yourself and being able to pivot and change direction should you wish to. If you've got your own personal brand as well as your business brand, I talk about this all the time, then you are future-proofing what happens next. So are there things then that you don't share? What's the line for you? Oh, good one. (laughs) I feel that I share everything, to be fair. And the reason that I do that is because I do not want to be one of these people that are like, oh, look at all these amazing things. Like, and I have like, this is my lifestyle. I think what's got us to the point we're at is because we're very real and we're very open and honest. So like, it's not a secret. My kids have been driving me mad for the last week. I don't know if it's something to do with the moon, Christmas or the things they're feeding them at school, but they've been driving me insane. And for me to sit and pretend that that's not happening is kind of excluding the mums that are going through the same thing. And so I pretty much share everything. 
like when I met Chris at the beginning of the year, we shared our engagement picture. It was like one of the most liked pictures. And I think it's really important that you do share everything because you need to give like a whole view. It's no good just showing one side. I think people see past that. How old are your children, Estelle? Obi is eight. Mm-hmm. Jedi is 11. He's just Amazing turned 11. Names. Yeah. And then I now have stepchildren. So Mitch is 17 and Layla is 14. So we have a full house. So I feel that, I mean, my children are 14, 11 and 9, so not dissimilar ages. But I feel that there are decisions I make along the way about what I'm willing to share that my children perhaps are not willing to share. And interestingly, on my social media behavior, particularly Facebook's my stomping ground, my preference, and probably then LinkedIn and then Instagram. I'm now very careful about the pictures I show of my children because certainly as my daughter was becoming a teenager, there were images she didn't want me putting that out there. And that's her choice. That's her freedom, I suppose. So I I actually then, I, I do have some quite firm boundaries. I think also because we had... I mean, my voice acting background, I had a very nasty cyberbullying incident that actually came offline as well. And I felt that we were potentially under threat. So I was on real lockdown for my children's images and particularly any that might show where they were at school and where we lived and things like that. So I, I don't know. Do you have any worries about that for your family? Because you and Leona have become so visible and so out there. I think that that is a massive thing. We were talking about this the other day. So I was... And it wasn't even trolled. It was like one comment. But I think you have to, it's really, it's really sad that you have to, that you went through that. Mm. Like the fact that anybody thinks it's okay to bully people, whether it's online, offline, trolling. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a whole other piece around that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, but it is, a, it is a part of society. So we didn't choose to become the people that we've become. Like Facebook, the Facebook group, we started it as two mums that just wanted to help people. And we've realized that we do have to take opportunities with the press if we want our message to reach a wider audience. And by doing that, we know we're putting ourselves out there in a more public domain for people to, you know, people are always going to act like assholes, whether I'm on a Facebook group or whether I'm on the front cover of a magazine. There's always going to be somebody who is going to have something negative Mm -hmm. to say. And I think you have to weigh up the pros and the cons. When it comes to my kids' safety, that is something that, again, I suppose as we continue to grow, then maybe that's something right now. I don't feel that that's an issue at all. If I did, it would be, obviously, they wouldn't be shared. But luckily, we've never had to go through anything like that. But online crap that people want to throw. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it? It happens. And I think... Stop or not. Like, And I'm not going to allow people that behave like assholes to think that they're going to have an impact and it's going to stop me doing what I'm doing. No. Because it's not. It just pushes me forward even more and makes me think, you know, I feel quite sad for you that you feel the need to comment on something that really is of no importance to you. I had a conversation uh, earlier on in the interview series with Helen Pritchard about what happens when, you know, you are in a a figure of authority, when you are a leader in some way, which is what we are, and you're getting trolled, you're getting comments and attacks. And actually, I feel a certain amount of responsibility to 
not necessarily to fight back against that, not to add fuel to someone's fire. I don't fan those flames. But after the piece has died down to actually say, you know, this has affected me. This has done this for me. This is part and parcel. And I have a choice here. I have a choice as to whether I run and hide and I stop various functions in my business happening, which then impacts my personal income, which then impacts the impact that I want to have. I can't get my message out to people. I can't help as many people if I stop posting. And I think that that showing up that those things happen and that they're real and that they do affect you, but you can make a choice about how to behave in response to it is really important because you see, I'm sure you see it. So many mums particularly say, well, I've tried this and I got criticized for it. I got, my partner didn't like it. My mother-in-law didn't like it. The mums at the school gate don't like it. And they've said, I'm doing it too much and I'm too businessy. And, and so they stop. And I think that's such a shame. Yeah, totally. And again, I think this goes back to the sharing authentically and and why I feel it's important to share as much of my journey as I possibly can. Because like you say, we are real people. Just because we're on, like, you know, we're in Forbes magazine, just because we're on different magazines, you know, we're still the same people Mm. and we feel exactly the same. So yes, it does toughen you up. Yes, you do have to become a little bit thicker skinned and think, you know, these people are a minority. That's what you need to remember. You need to weigh up the pros and the cons. But yeah, I think it's especially like you say, sharing. And like it was quite funny. Somebody said I had a big forehead. Like we're obviously on a podcast, so people can't see. But if you don't have a big forehead. Go check out how big my forehead is. I'm quite a small person. My face is quite small. So when they commented about the size of my forehead, a funny thing. So I have an issue with my nose. If they'd have said something about that, it would probably have like I'd have been on like really. Yeah. And I just thought. Get a grip, and it was kind of a, we laughed about it. But at the end of the day, yes, it does hurt, and people don't have the right to do that. And yes, and yes, we do talk about it because we want other people to realise. You know, it doesn't matter at what point you're at in business, you're always going to get people who are going to attack you. So, like you say, you have to make that choice. Are you going to let them attack you, and you're going to become a victim, or are you going to? continue, survive and conquer because I know what I'm going to do. Yeah, me too. Me too. And it's interesting because I had I had previously had this cyberbullying thing and I retracted for a little while to kind of heal, to get over it. And then I came back stronger and it's making that decision, isn't it, to show up. And yeah. that's something that I talk about a lot. A lot of my work is around getting more visible, putting yourself out there, potentially getting out, out of your comfort zone, but really thinking about what is more important to you, what's more important to you in, in terms of who you are as a person and the purpose that you want to have in the world. And what I love about what you and Leona are doing, Estelle, is is that you created a beast that you couldn't possibly have envisaged right at the start. At what point did you realise, actually, we've really got something here. This has got legs. I don't know. I think quite probably, I don't know if it was quite early on or we knew at the, the rate that the group was growing, that something insane was happening. And that was quite early on. From the day we launched the group, we grew at an incredible, incredible rate. And we were checking our growth every single day. For anybody that's read the book, you will see there's journal entries at the back. Those are actual journal entries. And every single day, we would track our growth. And we would say, right, okay, this is happening. And these are the conversations happening in the group. What do we do? Like, how do we provide something to solve the problems of these people? And that's how we've gone through the last two years, to be really honest. We've just looked at what's been happening, like continue to do the things that are working well, not continue to do the things that weren't working so well, and just continuously listening to what our community want. Because 
as long as we're providing them with what they want, then the community is going to grow. So it's been, I think we kind of knew very early on, but it still blows our minds every single day. I sometimes get a little bit sick if I actually think about it too much because we have so much to focus on every day. Like people don't see behind the scenes. They feel- so how do you manage that epic amount of growth? I think it's been just a learning curve and learning every step of the way. We've made mistakes. We've done things that we shouldn't have done. We've worked with people we shouldn't have worked with. You know, it's just a constant growth cycle. And I think that's the other thing. If you stop learning, if you stop wanting and being willing to learn, that's when the issues come. There's new stuff we have to learn every day. Like I didn't know anything about accounting and marketing and all of these crazy things that we have to deal with now. Copyright, trademarks, you know contracts. I had no idea about these things, but it's something that we're learning about. We're continuing every day to learn. And I think that's the only thing that keeps us going and growing is because we are ready to learn at every opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Same. I thrive on it. And in fact, I think the times when I'm not moving forward is because I've stagnated in some way and I need that stimulation to keep me growing and keep me getting out there. So you're talking there about your book. So that's your autobiography, Laid Bare. So tell us a bit about that. Okay, so it tells the sort of backstory up until um, a couple of years ago. So my story starts around about 2015. So a couple of years before we started MIBA. And it just sort of tells the journey of how we got to the point of setting up the Facebook group. And then it goes into some journal extracts, like I mentioned. So you get a little bit of Leona's backstory, you hear from me, and then you have the journal entries, which sort of talk you through Mibba's growth. There are some extracts in there that were written when I was a little bit drunk, because they are actual journal entries, I would say, and every single day. And like I said, like it, we did not expect this to happen. So there were many times I was sat journaling and literally thinking, what is my life? Like, what the hell is going on here? So that was like the reason why we wanted to share everything in the book. So you can see the journey from beforehand up to when we started MIBA. And then at the end, we've got a section called the MIBA effect. And there's a hundred statements from a hundred of our members saying what they feel that MIBA has done for them. So it's kind of an autobiography and the life of Mibba so far, but there's so much more to come. I'm smiling because that just saying there's a hundred statements from a hundred people that you've affected around. You're not just the UK, you are worldwide, which is just incredible. So how much of that then, how much of that is to do with Instagram now? The connections that we make using Instagram, I don't think we could make anywhere else. I think Instagram has allowed people to connect in a way that no other social media platform has. And as you will know, it's connecting with people that will drive your business forward. Even on a personal level, I have met some of the most amazing, inspirational people. I've been to some incredible events because of people that I've met through Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I think although the Facebook group and the Facebook community started it, I think Instagram is having a huge part to play in our visibility and in us moving forward. So we had a conversation off air where I said it's interesting because I knew we were going to talk about visibility and Instagram. And actually, Instagram is my least favorite platform. And I don't know if it's because I'm not visual. I'm not a very visual person. The thing that I like most about Instagram is the stories. And I've got much more grip to grips with that and sharing bits of my life that I don't have to curate in a particular way. Literally, like we're talking about that fly on the wall stuff and also using it in launches for business. 
What is it you think people need to understand about Instagram as a platform? That it's a lot easier to use than people think. Being on there in the first place is the first step. I think people are really scared. They hear all these things about algorithm changes and, you know, boosted posts and all these things. You don't have to do that. Like you said, Instagram is not one of your favorite platforms, but you know that you should have a presence Absolutely. on there. I've got to and be on there. Like being one of those other points of contact. So I don't know what the statistics are now, like seven or 10 points of contact before someone will buy your product or service. Even if it's a case if they've gone to your Instagram account and they've been able to get a taste of what you're about, it's really, really important. So just having a presence on there, taking that first step is the most important thing and learning as you go. You know, it's taken me over two years to learn everything that I know now. And Instagram is constantly changing. And this is why I do my Tuesday night lives because there's so many people out there that want to use Instagram, but they get confused or they're overwhelmed. And so I try and break it down as best I can so that people can use it to grow their business, to grow their visibility in really simple ways. So maybe like you said, you prefer stories. So I would then encourage you share stories. Stories are huge right now. People are consuming more content through stories than ever before. They're so easy to create. So not only are more people seeing them, but they're easier to create than your main feed. So if that's what you like to do, I would encourage you to keep doing that. And it's those sort of things, you know, it takes a couple of minutes to create an Instagram story. It's putting you out there. It's Mm. putting you in front of a new audience. So I don't think even people that have never used Instagram before, I think taking that first step and realizing it's not as scary as it may seem and take it from there. And then you can start to work on your hashtags and your content and, you know, all of those fun things. But first of all, just get on there, set yourself up a bio and, you know, start having fun before you get too freaked out. I think that's the thing, isn't it? People feel, I don't understand this platform, therefore I'm not going to be on it. And I think there's anyone we look at that we, we're considering working with or want to find out more, we go to whatever platform is our preference. And so you want to make sure you are everywhere. You are absolutely everywhere. And that your bio and, and the initial profile that you put out there is really clear about what you do. When you go to some people and you think you're trying to use this for business and yet actually there's nothing about what you do and who you are, no one's going to get a real flavor of you. No, that's exactly right. And especially with your bio, like you just mentioned, that's one of the key things that I talk about quite a lot. It's like the front cover of a book or the back cover of a book. When people come over to your Instagram account, they need to know instantly what it is that you do. I know I spend a second, literally, it's a split second. If I see a picture I like, I'll go and check out their account. I go to their account. If I don't instantly know what it is that they do, I'm like losing interest at that point. I like, like everybody likes ease. Everyone wants something quick, fast yesterday. So the easier you can make that for people, the more of an impact you're going to have. So yeah, especially your bio is something that you really should make sure that you've got key. It's one of the foundations, I think, to having a successful Instagram account is making sure that people know exactly what it is that you do. So what would be your top tips then for people to get on Instagram or if they're already on Instagram, but they want to make sure it works for them better? Okay. So my first tip would be the first line of black text in your bio, whilst we're talking about bios. The first line of black text is actually searchable. So people can discover you by those words. So rather than having Estelle Keeper, I have Instagram expert and speaker because those words are going to bring me up in more searches than my name. So that would probably be my first tip to make sure that you're really maximizing the words you use in that first line of black text. 
Another tip would be to make sure that you're posting out your content at the most optimized times for you. So knowing when your followers are most engaged, because the way that Instagram works is the more people that interact with your photographs, the more chance they've got of seeing it again. So if you can put your content out at a time when you know your followers are online so that they can engage with it, it gives you a better chance of them seeing your pictures in the future. So making sure you're posting at your optimized times would be another tip. Did you say three? Yeah, I think I did say three. How many of you? I, I feel like you've given loads of information. Sometimes I just like, well, you just go. On Instagram, it's just like my brain just switch on. So I, I have a question for you. So lots of people talk about not using a scheduling tool in order to increase your social media because it, it reduces reach. And yet I know that you've talked in the past about using Later. I think that's the platform yes. you, you've, you've mentioned. Tell me about that. And what's the process? Should you, shouldn't you? What do you think? Okay, so it works totally differently for Facebook and Instagram. Facebook don't like you using outside scheduling apps. So you can schedule on Facebook, but they prefer you to do it natively from Facebook. Instagram, it doesn't affect the algorithm. So you can schedule your posts. And like I said, if you're making sure you're posting them at your most optimized times, it's the best time for you to do it. So having the opportunity to schedule your posts will save you time. It will give you an opportunity to plan your marketing. And it stops you having that sort of brain freeze every single day of having to go in there physically, copy and paste things over. So no, it doesn't affect the algorithm. And to for me, later or any scheduling app to be fair, I prefer later, mm. but there's so many pros for them that it outweighs the cons. Mm, amazing. So yeah, I know that as I go into 2020, Instagram is going to be my core focus for social media because the time has come. I've built my Facebook, I've built my LinkedIn, my LinkedIn's growing rapidly. If people aren't on LinkedIn, then they absolutely should be. But you need to get onto Instagram as well because you know my work's all about visibility and making sure that you are seen, you are heard, you are remembered. And I think that an Instagram profile and those initial pictures, particularly the first six in that in the squares, that, that's really important because that people get a very quick snapshot of who you are from the kind of content you're putting out there. And they're doing that visually. So thank you so much for coming on today. It's been interesting doing this joint podcast. So if anyone would like to get in touch with Estelle, you can find Estelle, obviously over Estelle Keeper over on Instagram and of course at the MIBA Mums in Business Association Instagram page and also on Facebook. And I'm available as, a, well, you guys can find me at Anna Parker Naples on Facebook and annaparkernaples.com is my website. And I, I think we've mentioned both of our books in this episode. So it's Laid Bear, which is Estelle and the owner's autobiography of their incredible journey in creating MIBA. And my book as well, which is Get Visible, How to Have More Impact, Influence and Income. So go find those books, go read them, leave us reviews, because that is how you help us build our businesses and get their message more out there. So thanks so much for joining us today, Sel. Thank you so much for having me on here. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.